Rolling Stones magazine released an updated version of the top 500 albums of all time. A list like this was bound to spark controversy. So I'm here to give my opinion on how these albums stack up. I'm Gibbs, and welcome to the Rolling Review. What is up everybody? Gibbs here with number 416 on the Rolling Stones top 500 greatest albums of all time list. It's The Roots with Things Fall Apart. Things Fall Apart is the fourth studio album by the American hip-hop band The Roots. It was released on February 23rd of 1999, recorded 1997 through 1998 at the Electric Lady Studio in New York City, New York. The genre of the album is alternative hip-hop and progressive rap, released on the label of MCA, produced by The Grand Wizard, Scott Storch, and J.D., the album consisted of 17 tracks that were listed. There was an additional bonus track that was not listed on the back. So, really there was 18 tracks. But two of them were released as singles. Those were You Got Me, The Next Movement. This was a rather long album, coming in at just over 72 minutes. And they wrote a lot of material for this album during the recording process they stated that the group recorded upwards of around 145 songs for this album and later whittled it down to just 14 songs and then there were intros and interludes added in there too the last song to be included to the final selection was double trouble featuring most deaf Initially, the song was supposed to feature a guest appearance from Most Black Star partner Talib Kweli, but due to the format of the track, it was decided to make it a throwback to the Run DMC EPMD tag team style of rap with just two MC. The album's opening track, Act 1, which is spelled W-O-N, little play on words there, contains an excerpt from the Spike Lee film Mo Better Blues. The excerpt comes from a scene where Denzel Washington and Wesley Snipes are discussing the current state of African American music or culture in general after they had played a gig. The track Act 2, The Love of My Life, is originally an interlude that evolved into a full song. It features common whose verse is a continuation of his song I Used to Love Her, off of his 1994 album Resurrection, in which Common speaks of hip-hop as a woman. However, Questlove has stated that this is not I Used to Love Her, the daughter. Rather, it is a reflection on the evolution of hip-hop through our eyes. Beanie Siegel made his recording debut on the track Adrenaline after tagging along to a weekly jam session held by the group in Philadelphia. Eve, at this time signed to Dr. Dre's Aftermath label and known as Eve of Destruction, also made her debut on Things Fall Apart on the track You Got Me. You Got Me was co-written by Jill Scott, who recorded vocals for the songs Chorus and Bridge. Scott's part was subsequently re-recorded by... Erika Badu, at the insistence of MCA, who wanted a higher-profile collaboration for the album's official lead single, 
as Scott was relatively unknown outside of Philadelphia at that time. When the group later went on to tour, Scott joined them during performances on the song You Got Me, caught on quickly on the radio, and later MTV giving the group a much-needed boost in terms of sales and exposure. The release of this album was met fairly positive, as a lot of critics felt that this work should be regarded as the group's most fully realized works. Critics praised the album for its sobering theme, sonic quality, and fluid, cohesive sequencing. For the cover of this album, there was a limited time that Things Fall Apart was made available with a choice of five different front covers. One such cover displays a photograph taken during a riot in the Civil Rights Movement era. In the stark black-and-white photo, riot police are seen chasing two black teenagers on the streets. In 2005, this cover was included in the book The Greatest Album Covers of All Time by Barry Miles, Grant Scott, and Johnny Morgan, and published by Collins and Brown. Things Fall Apart would be considered by most music writers as the Roots' breakthrough album and earn them praise from many publications and critics, and also became the group's first record to sell over 500,000 copies. The track You Got Me won the 2000 Grammy Award for Best Rap Performance by a Duo or Group, and the whole album was nominated for the Best Rap Album of the Year at the Grammys, but lost out to Eminem's The Slim Shady LP. As I mentioned before, the album had been certified gold because it had sold over 500,000 copies, and on April 22nd of 2013, 14 years after the initial release date, the album was certified platinum for the shipments of over 1 million units. So obviously some good sales, but not quite the sales that we have seen on other albums on this list. It didn't quite reach those benchmarkers there. When placing this album on the list, Rolling Stone had this to say about it, quote, the 90s alternative rap scene hit its high-water mark as an album-length art form with this love letter to black music in the late 20th century. That theme is most explicit on Act 2, The Love of My Life, a tender dedication to hip-hop's redemptive power, but it's also there in the playful way Black Thought and Malik B bounce rhymes off of each other and in the beats that riff affectionately on everyone from Sly Stone to Schooly D in a kaleidoscope celebration of musical soul, end quote. I honestly, I didn't think that this was a bad album by any means, but I didn't see what was so special about this album. Obviously, some of the lyrical themes on this album can be seen as something that shined light on issues that were going on not just in America, but maybe around the world as well. And I think for more of lyrical content, you get something that was probably well regarded. But as far as music is concerned, I didn't think that there was a lot going on with the music on this album. It was a fairly long album, and most of the tracks seemed to have the same kind of beat or feel to them, and there wasn't a lot of differentiating 
between tracks, really. And I expected a little more, just because I guess my interpretation of what The Roots were, because I hadn't really listened to a full The Roots album, I had basically known them from, and I know it sounds funny, but they are on the Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show now. And I basically know The Roots from everything that they've done with Jimmy Fallon throughout the years. And they seemed like a more upbeat and musically diverse, almost like a kind of funk hip-hop, if you will, just because of the inclusion of the live horn sections. I mean, you got a tuba player up there, and you got live horns, and I just feel like a lot of that didn't really come from this album. I, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting a little more musical diversity on this album, and it seemed like more of a standard hip-hop beats with maybe just some more serious lyrical matter going over top of it, which is fine. Like I said, it's no way did I view this as a bad album, but I just feel like it didn't really live up to maybe my expectations coming into it. And sometimes that's that's bad when you come into an album already being somewhat exposed to maybe something an artist is doing, and so you have a preconceived thought that this is how the album should sound, and then it's not that way, so maybe you're left a little disappointed. So maybe that's a little my fault there for just kind of not coming into this one with a fully open mind of what this could sound like, but I was definitely expecting more from a musical standpoint on this album especially since it was such a long album to listen to in the first place. 72 minutes is a very long runtime for an album, and it just seemed like a lot of time for not a lot of differentiating between the tracks. I'll be honest with you, I had a phone issue this week, and I lost my notes that I took for this album, so I don't, I'm kind of trying to think back and think of what I thought about this album because I did listen to it a little bit ago and because I've been trying to stay ahead so when I get time to record an episode I can give you an episode so I am mainly just working off a of memory here but I do remember I didn't take a lot of notes for this album just because that was my big complaint was I was just expecting more musically from this group but admired the lyrical content and the bounds that they took there. And one of my notes on this was the Return to Innocence Lost, which is a very graphic track. The lyrical content on this track is not really suitable for children, and it's not even really a full-out song or rapping. It is more of a poem that is being read, is what I feel, and it features Ursula Rucker, and she is reading this poem, basically. It's just her vocals on this track, and it is a very graphic track, but it's a very detailed representation of 
how they felt at the time and maybe how they still feel today. I feel like politically and looking at things from a racial standpoint, this album sadly still stands up today because of a lot of the racial issues that are still plaguing us today. And I also feel like I have mentioned times before that that's partially why this album gets probably put on the list. I didn't see any mention of this album being on any earlier editions of this list. Usually, if it is, it'll say what placement it was, but I couldn't find that it was on this list before, so maybe it was. I don't know for sure on that one, but it seems like it was kind of put on the list just because of how true it can be to times today and how it can kind of relate to times today. And somewhat, I feel, and I know I've mentioned this before, but I feel like sometimes you have to block out that outside noise of what's going on politically or anything in this moment and look at it as if you're judging this off the best albums of all time, sometimes you have to judge it just based off of the album and block out the outside noise, which I know is really, really hard to do. And it's even hard for me to do when I'm listening to these albums because there's a lot of these albums that I've mentioned before that, man, that's still something that hits home today. And so I know that it's hard to come in here with a clear mind and judge these albums just based off of a musical standpoint, but you have to try to do that as far as much as you can. And I am going to move this one back a little farther. It Initially, when I was listening to this album, I thought it was going to take a pretty big drop just because, like I said, I kind of came into it with a preconceived idea that this album was going to be something that it wasn't. And But after kind of stepping away and looking at this album from what it was and knowing that they were taking a big chance in stating things that they stated. I do give it credit for that. But just due to a musical standpoint, as I've picked out, that I didn't really care for that as much. And based off of sales and popularity and stuff, I just feel like this one's got to move back just a little farther. I'm putting it at 426 for the time being, which is just under M.I.A.'s album but still ahead of Eric Church. I feel like it just slots in there pretty good for the time being. Would always love to know what you think. You can reach me, The Rolling Review, at yahoo.com, or by going over to Facebook and searching at The Rolling Review, where you can go over there, like the page, and I post up the updated versions of the list as we keep pumping these out here. Next time, we have The Meters with Look Up High Pie. Until then, I'm Gibbs. This is The Rolling Review. Stay safe and be kind.